KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Food insecurity was a serious problem before the COVID-19 pandemic. It reached alarming levels at the height of the pandemic, and it isn't going anywhere more than a year and a half into the pandemic. Now, a lot of those government programs put in place during COVID to help people like enhanced unemployment have expired. So what kind of impact is that having on need? Are those expanded child tax credit payments helping people? We wanted to talk about all this and more, so we reached out to Fred Waziak. He is the president and CEO of the Food Bank of South Jersey. Really interesting conversation. Give a listen. Kind of give me a snapshot of what you guys are doing and dealing with right now as we are talking third week in September. Are you still seeing incredible levels of demand? Have things started to come back down to pre-pandemic levels or, you know, with the end of the extension of the federal unemployment benefits, have you started to see a spike again? Where are you? We have come down from the height of COVID in 2020, but still we are serving 20, 25% higher than we were in 2019. Now, you know, we hit record distributions in 2020, 22.5 million pounds of food. That's over 18 million meals. Um, and that's a 45% increase over the year before. So we've come down about 20%. And as you just stated, with the uh, benefits, unemployment benefits ending, uh, we're going to start seeing a rise in need uh, very soon. Is that something, you know, as you look at the landscape and realize that's happening, that you guys have kind of braced for and kind of adjusted the asks for? Yes. And uh, one... We are convinced we're still not out of COVID. This variant and everything along with that. Now, granted, uh, you know there are vaccinations and it is a safer environment. Uh, but knowing that the stimulus, the benefits for unemployment, all that was going to come, the moratoriums on uh, rent, electricity, you know that has all come to a head. And so we've been preparing and we've been stockpiling and, and doing our effort and community support to be ready for what we're calling a, a tidal wave. We're not sure how large the tidal wave will be, but we know that it's uh, going to increase in the coming weeks. And again, we call this harvest season. It's the harvest season where the weather starts getting colder and you know people's hearts come out. Uh, so we anticipate our community support will continue, but also um, it's a time of year, um, especially now with all these uh, benefits ending, uh, we're going to see an increase. So we are ready for that. To that point, when you're kind of looking at the big picture, are you operating on a couple of tracks? There's the right now what's in front of us track, but also we think life could change for a lot of people because these programs have gone away. So we have to prepare for greater need possibility. And how do you balance those two discussions? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Food insecurity was in a pandemic even before March 12th, 2020. In America, under the Feeding America network of 200 food banks, March 11th, March 12th of 2020, uh, we were serving 42 million food insecure individuals. Uh, Numbers have just come out that this network served uh, just a little over 60 million people. This is the greatest event since the Great Depression. Pre-pandemic numbers of 2008 recession took 10 years to get back to. Uh, So we know we are in this for the long haul. 
So it's not just the immediate, you know, if we look at our three pillars that we work with in our mission, that we want to, we make sure we provide food, we provide education uh, through nutritious uh, education programs. Um, and then the third pillar, which is uh, very important to us moving forward, uh, is the sustainability part of our mission. Has your outlook on sustainability, what it's going to take, has that changed basically forever? Like when you're problem solving, like what we need now, we need to look at it differently for not just the rest of this year, but as we're projecting out for the foreseeable future? You know, that's a sustainability. It's always been with our food bank mission for um, the 36 years. The pandemic has helped us dive deeper and what does that really mean for the future? And when you think about you know, sustainability, you know, how can we help the people in line? How can we raise them up by helping them in different ways? And when you think about that sustainability, you know, we have to think about and address, address the root causes of hunger. And man, hunger is not the problem, it's poverty. And the systemic issues of racism that lead uh, to that poverty so, you know, food is everywhere, but, you know, the causes, uh, the root causes of hunger are many, affordable housing, chronic health issues, access to health care, unemployment, low wages, education. We saw many of these areas affected by the pandemic. Um, so, you know, uh, our organization, our food bank is, uh, we've been alleviating hunger for the last 36 years as a food resource to individuals. So if they have to pay rent, well, they know they have food from the food bank. And if they have to pay for electricity or children's clothing, they know they had food to go to for the food bank. But we have to get deeper than that. We're not only feeding the line, shortening the line through collective effort and partnerships. We want to end the line. I'm curious. We talk about the benefits that have expired. That expanded child tax credit has been in effect for a few months. And I'm curious, people you talk to that you're helping, is that having an impact in a good way? Are you getting feedback from people that that's helping and making a difference? And what concern, if that does go away at the end of the year, in the heart of winter, do you have as far as what that's going to do to the need? We feel we're in a, in still in an ambiguous uh, climate. Yes, the child tax credit has helped. You know, with the vaccinations, the support from our uh, our government, state and federal, the child tax credit, that's where we have seen a dip in our outreach. So again, 45% increase from 2020 to 2019. Right now we're running about 20, 25%. So, you know, these benefits are helping. The other benefit, aside from the tax credit, you know, one of the, the, the greatest formulas uh, from our government is the SNAP uh, benefit. What Feeding America has calculated for every one meal we give out for Feeding America, uh, $1 of SNAP benefit brings nine meals. So that is uh, one of the, the best benefits right now just to help us uh, re- reduce the people in line. Nothing lasts forever. So, uh, you know, we know the tax credit's going to end. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, the unemployment shortage, that this, the crisis, you know, people just haven't gone to work because some of these benefits have really uh, supported keeping people in the health and safety, a safe environment with the help uh, cover the unemployment due to the shutdown. But I think we feel that there's going to be a bottleneck of people when these benefits run out. Well, you know what, I'm going to have to go out and get a job. Uh, but it's going to take some time for pe- people to get settled back in. Plus, people are changing jobs, too. 
you know, COVID has brought a whole different light of a uh, personal purpose. And uh, so all these things are factored in that, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to see uh, this little tidal wave coming up in the, in the future. And I'm curious, we hear so much about supply chain issues, and they're kind of all over the map of where there's a shortage. And it's not something that necessarily you would think of. It doesn't seem to be a demand thing. It just seems to be there are just problems all along the lane for different supply chains. Do you guys feel the pinch of that? Do you feel things that you used to be able to get delivered on the regular or get out on the regular that has become more cumbersome or more troubling? A little bit. You know, uh, we never ran out of food. Uh, we were able to um, have access to supply chain networks that uh, we have used. And whatever supply chain bottlenecks were there for food, uh, I believe that has, um, you know, through our Food Feeding America network, uh, has resolved itself. Where we are seeing a pinch, you know, again, we have a 65,000 square facility and there's things that we need. You know, obviously any facility, um, we are seeing material goods, you know, whether it's lumber, whether it's a uh, uh, plasterboard or, or those things. Uh, yeah. So some of those things that we needed to uh, upgrade or, or fix in our facility, uh, we're seeing a delay in those areas. But as far as food, food is coming in and our, our warehouse is, um, is very busy. We've talked about this before, but I think it's worth touching on again or getting an update. Are there practices, activities that you had to change for the pandemic that ended up being best practices. And you know what? This is going to be life now. COVID, no COVID, no Delta. It ends up it works better for us. The schematics, if you will, in our warehouse, you know, uh, just uh, how we set up, we're more efficient. You know, we thought we were good before, uh, but through COVID, as we uh, learned and pivoted and learned and grew and our warehouse functionality is much more efficient, ensuring that we get food out more quickly you know, the other thing we learned that because of the need was so quickly, uh, we didn't have enough for a freezer and uh, refrigerator space. Uh, so through the help with the government support and grants, we are expanding. Uh, we're doubling the size of our freezer uh, and our refrigeration uh, so we can hold more perishables, more frozen goods. You know, an example that we that really had us envision a, a larger space in our refrigeration. 2019, we gave out about 13,000 turkeys during Turkey, you know, during Thanksgiving uh, season. 2020, we gave out close to 20,000 turkeys. But because of the lack of space that we had in our freezer, we were having frozen turkeys coming in, receiving and carting right over to our distribution trucks on the other side of the building. Uh, but we'll be able to hold more um, space now. So, you know, as part of the supply chain, for the building of this freezer, you know, the panels and so forth, you know, we wanted this uh, built uh, seven months ago. Uh, so we're just uh, starting construction, just started construction last week. The other thing that we learned, uh, uh, Matt, that we were able to pivot, that our health and wellness staff, 12 to 15 nutritionists, we have a chef on staff, they would be hands-on teaching healthy nutrition uh, programs um, at our pantries throughout the four counties. We, we have 200 plus pantries. Well, they had to pivot during COVID. They went online. They created 30 plus curricula online. Uh, there's probably over 2,000 sections online. Uh, so the outreach to these educational courses actually uh, reached more people than we were able to hands on. Now that we slowly come back, we have a hybrid model. We still have the links to the courses, but we're also providing in a safe manner uh, teaching. 
and so forth. And we started a television program during COVID, and it's called Hunger Bites. And it's a monthly program, and anyone can see it. Go on YouTube, Hunger Bites. I'm a guest on one of the shows with Chef Kita. And it's a monthly show, but it teaches uh, nutritious cooking and how to uh, prevent food waste while, while you're in the kitchen. There's just many things that we were able to adapt and pivot. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a better organization now uh, than we were pre-COVID, believe it or not. We talk about all the, the programs that were helping people. I'm curious, do you hear from legislators at any level who want to know is this having an effect? Is this working? What are you hearing? Because I would think you'd be able to provide kind of front line of it's very important this program sticks around. Or if you're looking at this, this is what people really need. Do you ever have interactions like that? Oh, absolutely. All the time. And uh, I, I, you know, I'll compliment uh, the New Jersey Coalition of Food Banks. Uh, you know, we have uh, band together working with our legislators from all our different districts. Uh, working with Speaker Coughlin, uh, Senate President Sweeney, all very involved with the food insecurity in the state of New Jersey. And so, and, and the support from our governor and the first lady, you know, the first lady has been here uh, to the Food Bank of South Jersey. So it's uh, very in communication constantly uh, with our legislators, our local districts, but also at the state capitol. Uh, level. We're very fortunate, and then we're also very uh, grateful for their support for what's going on in the state of New Jersey. How about on the from a, a federal standpoint? A lot of these programs do come from the federal government. What would you tell people, decision makers in Washington, about the impact that these tax credit payments, expanded unemployment, all these things we have seen over the last year and a half, the impact in a positive way they have had on people's lives? Yeah, they're, uh, and again, very supportive. You know, the administration, and again, the Feeding America, uh, you know, we have uh, resources in Washington through Feeding America, our network. The, the lobbying, the telling the stories, it has trickled down from our federal uh, support to the state. And then the state has, um, you know, trickled that down to the need of our, you know, the, there's uh, three major food banks in New Jersey, five that have collectively worked together. We serve over 950 pantries in the state of New Jersey. You know, and each pantry is a 501c3 organization. And us, our food bank alone in South Jersey, Food Bank of South Jersey, you know, we're serving 58 communities in four counties, 200 pantries. Uh, we have all benefited from uh, the support from federal through the state, uh, you know, the USDA and our, our local state Department of Human Resources, um, as well as the New Jersey Department of Agriculture. Very supportive. Are you seeing the who change that needs help? At the height of 2020, we have seen the who change. You know, 40% of the people that came out to our food distributions were first-time recipients of charitable food assistance. As people were able to start getting their feet back on the ground, you know, unfortunately, again, looking at the root causes of hunger, that change has gone back to the face of hunger that we have seen prior to uh, the pandemic. If people want to help, I think I've always understood money helps more than food, correct? It, it, it does. You guys are able to get more bang for the buck with money than food that's donated. People can go to our website, foodbanksj.org. 
every dollar donated provides three meals. And, and that allows us to have the purchasing power to purchase the healthy, nutritious uh, meals that everyone deserves. Um, you can also volunteer your time. We slowed down our volunteer program in-house because of the pandemic touches and social distance. And we're looking to, to re-engage our volunteer program fully on Dr. Martin Luther King Day of Giving in January. But we're, we have 28 distribution sites uh, monthly throughout our four counties, 58 communities. And we need volunteers at these sites to help us put the food, uh, you know, the box in the trunk. Um, so that's another way. Uh, virtual food drives online. You know, you can host a virtual food drive. You can use our platform, get in touch with our uh, fund development department. We can help you set that up, customize that. Uh, and people have been very creative and very gracious in, in ways of um, having a virtual food drive, which is, uh, you know, the monetary fundraising, which again, every dollar brings uh, three meals. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>